our new series, The Comeback, or Comeback. I love a good comeback story because I'm a huge sports fan. Many of you know that. I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. I also like the Yankees. <laughs> All right, we got some yays and nays. I knew that was going to. And I like the Sabres, and everybody's like, ah, oh, the Sabres. Who cares about the Sabres, right? <laughs> but if you think about sports, that when, my, when I think of comeback, that's where my mind goes either the baseball team or the football team that's down in the bottom of the ninth or with two minutes left to go in the game. And they're able to pull it out and have that huge comeback story. Or maybe you're into entertainment and and maybe you've seen over the years pop stars who have, you know, maybe hit it big at one time and then maybe hit rock bottom. But then all of a sudden they have another hit and they're back on top again. And so that's, that's a comeback as well. So we're going to be talking about comeback stories here for the next few weeks. And today, specifically, we're going to be talking about three comeback stories. Now, the first story that I want to talk about is is about a young kid who was growing up, and his dream was to become a musical star. He he wanted to become a star. And, And he saw the music scene that was going on around him. And he just wanted to do something different. He just wanted to do something different and be out there and have a little something different going on than what he was hearing on the radio. And so his name is Chancellor Bennett. We're going to talk about him here for a little bit. Now, tragically, Chancellor was in high school at the time when he had all these huge dreams. And a lot of his teachers would mock him and say, you don't have any talent. You're never going to make it big. You're just, you're just going to struggle like most other musicians And so it really took the wind out of his sails. But he was determined, and he got into a little bit of trouble. He he got caught uh, having some marijuana on his person on campus, so he got suspended. While he was suspended, he chose to, to use that time to write songs and to just start creating music. And it was really interesting how he went about doing this because it wasn't long until he got quite a fan base and a following in his local town, but also nationwide. Because what he tapped into is what a lot of us have been using for several years is social media. And so he would just have his mixtapes available on social media for people to listen to and for uh, people to download and stuff like that. And he started to get quite a following. Now, it didn't take long to prove his teachers wrong Uh, when he started getting all of this success. And as you can imagine, this success led to that rock star life. Now, I remember there was a movie several years ago with Mark Wahlberg. I believe it was called Rockstar or Star or something like that. And if you ever see the lifestyle of rock stars, you know what I'm talking about. He got caught up in drugs. He got caught up in, in hard living. He got caught up in women and money. And these are his words. I'm going to quote what, what Chancellor said. He said, I was in a pill fog. I had the house. I had the pool. I had a movie theater. And I was doing it real big. Man, I was just tweaking. I was a Zan zombie, is what he said. Not doing anything productive just going through one relationship after another, relationship after relationship after relationship. And, and the reality here is that Chancellor was really on the highway to hell. 
is really what he was. But one day, Chancellor found himself at his grandmother's house. Now, his grandmother, she was a praying woman, like probably many of our grandmothers are. And on this particular day, she prayed a prayer that Chancellor says was more like a curse than a prayer. She looked him straight in the eyes and she said this. She said, I don't like what's going on. Now, I can't get on a good Southern voice, so I'm sorry about that. (laughs) She said, I can see it in your eyes. I don't like this. We're going to pray. I can imagine her just sitting there staring staring him down across the kitchen table or whatever. And she prayed what Chancellor called a curse prayer. Here's what she said. She prayed this, Lord, I pray that all things that are not like you, that you take away from Chancellor. Make sure that he fails at everything that is not like you. Take it away, turn it into dust. Wow. (laughs) How would you like your grandma to pray that prayer over you? (laughs) But this kid's musical career was just starting to take off. And now his grandma comes along and he, he, she prays this curse prayer over him. Man, what up with that, right? That's probably what he's thinking. He probably walked out of that house like, oh man, I should have never come over to see grandma. <laughs> but do you know what happened on that day? Chancellor collided with Jesus on that day. And that's when his comeback started. Now I'm going to transition just a little bit. We're going to look at the Bible. We're going to take a look at two comeback stories from the Bible. I'm not going to read the verses, but in your notes or on the screen, you'll have the the Bible address there if you want to follow along. The first one I'm going to talk about is out of the Luke, which is a gospel, the beginning first four books of the New Testament. It's called the Gospels. And Luke is one of those books And I'm going to be reading out of Luke chapter 8, starting with verse 40. Now, on this particular day, Jesus was going to see a gravely ill girl. And he was passing through this town. And what had happened is people knew that he was traveling, and they knew they got wind that he was traveling through their town. And so the crowds were just filled with people filled with people. And when I read this story, I kind of think of Times Square. I don't know how many of you have been to Times Square. Uh, I love Times Square. Whenever I'm there, I just feel so alive. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of bad things about Times Square. But, but just being there in that crowd of people is just something electric about that. And I can imagine there was something electric about Jesus traveling through this town on this particular day. The Bible says that he was actually being crushed by the mob. So I don't know if you've been in in a place like that. And once again, I think of New York uh, Times Square just walking through on any given day, not necessarily New Year's Eve, uh, which I would never want to be in New Year's Eve there in Times Square, by the way. But but you get the, the idea. He was being crushed by this mob. Now, there was a woman there in this town and she'd been suffering from a, a menstrual, menstrual problem that had caused her to bleed continuously for 12 years. 12 long years with 
without relief. And now to me, that sounds terrible, but it's especially terrible in Jesus's day in the culture that was there because a menstruating woman had to follow strict rules in Jewish culture. It was way more than just a simple, or not a simple, but an inconvenience. What they actually had her do was a menstruating woman had to isolate herself from her family. So she couldn't sleep in the same bed as her husband. She couldn't even kiss her kids goodnight. Basically, she was isolated from everyone because in that culture, if she was to touch anybody, they would be deemed unclean. So this woman that I'm talking about was completely isolated from everybody. And everyone was treating her like a leper for 12 years, for 12 long, shameful, embarrassing, isolating years. She was miserable. So when she heard and she saw that Jesus was nearby, she had a glimmer of hope inside of her. And and I can imagine she would just say, if I could just get close enough just to touch the hem of his garment, well, maybe all of these problems that I have, these 12 long years of isolation, shame, and embarrassment, would go away. But she had to do it and be completely unnoticeable. So she decided to kind of weave her way through the crowd. And she saw Jesus there. And what she ended up doing is the Bible says that she reached out and stretched out and just touched the hem of his garment. In Luke 8.44, it says this, immediately the bleeding stopped. Immediately the bleeding stopped. But just as quickly as that happened, Jesus stopped as well. And he said this, he said, who touched me? Everybody denied touching. Oh, I didn't touch you. I didn't touch you. I didn't touch you. And then Peter stepped up and said, Master, everybody is touching you. Everybody is crowding around you. What do you mean who touched you? But Jesus wouldn't let it go. Something had happened and he knew it. And I can imagine that poor woman just wanted to run and hide. 12 years of shame, 12 years of isolation and rejection. And now she was healed. But now she was about to go through maybe another shameful experience and be called out again. She began to tremble, I'm sure, and she fell to her knees. And she tried to find the words to explain to Jesus what, what had happened. If only I could tell him that I've been isolated for 12 years and I've had this problem, but I touched the hem of your garment and, and now I'm healed. But before she could say anything, Jesus said this to her. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And I can imagine that she was anticipating to be scolded or to be punished or to be shamed. But for Jesus to say those words, she started that day her comeback. Now I want to tell you about one more comeback story. It's about a man and we don't know his name and it was a completely unexpected encounter with Jesus. 
in probably the strangest place that you can imagine. I'm going to be going to Luke chapter 23, starting with verse 39. Now, like I I made mention, we don't know his name, but we know he was a convicted criminal who was sentenced to death. And in all of the odd places to encounter Jesus, we find this criminal encountering Jesus while he's hanging on the cross next to him. There was two criminals there that day hanging on either side of Jesus. And the other criminal would use his breaths to mock Jesus, to insult him. Now, we talked a few weeks ago about what it was like to be on the cross, and this crucifixion was horrendous. It was a horrendous way to die, and it was a very cruel way to torture somebody. And so as these people that were on the cross would push on their legs to lift themselves up just to get breath into their lung, this one criminal then would use that breath to mock and insult Jesus. But the other guy, now this guy knew that he was getting what he deserved. He knew that he was being crucified and he knew that it was to pay for his criminal past. He knew that he was being justly crucified. Now this place that I'm talking about is called Golgotha in the New Testament. And this place was originally designed to be a landfill outside of the city, but the Romans turned that into an execution site. What had once been collecting place for refuge and trash and whatever else was being discarded was now the collecting place for discarded human beings. And it stunk. I don't know if you've ever been to the landfill outside of town here. I've been there a couple times dropping stuff off. What do you see? Well, you see birds flying around. You see flies. You see all kinds of animals there. People don't want to hang around there too long. I know I didn't when I went to the landfill. But that's the sight that we see. And this was probably the most God-forsaken place that you can imagine. Except on that day. Because on that day, Jesus was hanging on the cross and the New Testament calls him Emmanuel or God with us. So God with us was hanging there on a cross in a garbage dump. And that convicted criminal experienced an unexpected encounter that resulted in a great comeback story for him. Listen to what the criminal said. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said the most remarkable words. Jesus said this. Jesus said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And on that day, paradise came to a garbage dump. There's a pastor and author, and his name is Louis Giglio. Some of you might be familiar with his work. He's 
He's been an, an outspoken pastor for many, many years, and he leads things called the Passion Conference, which targets young adults and, and those in their, in their later teen years. And he wrote a book called Comeback, and we're going to feature some of his quotes as we go through this Comeback series. And today, he says, it's not too late and you're never too far. It's not too late and you're never too far away from a comeback. And on that day that we're talking about with that criminal, that day he started his comeback story. And so let's transition back to the original story that I was talking about, about Chancellor Bennett. That curse prayer that his grandma prayed over him, well, it, it changed everything in his life. Chancellor's comeback started on that very day. Now, I'm not talking about a musical comeback because he was getting some, some success and he was working his way up the ladder, but because his career was already kind of talking, taking off, I'm, I'm talking about a spiritual comeback that came that day into Chancellor's life. You see, because Jesus started answering his grandma's prayers after she prayed it. And Chancellor started noticing that whenever he was bringing glory to God, well, then all kinds of good things were happening in his life. And conversely, whenever he was doing something, well, let's just say some of that other stuff, that nothing good was happening to Chancellor in his life. And so slowly but surely, Chancellor started turning his life over to Jesus just as his music career started to explode. Now, I I had personally never heard of Chancellor Bennett until this year's Grammy Awards, and that was just a couple months ago, and, and he was actually nominated and ended up winning Best New Artist. Some of you may know him as Chance the Rapper because that's the name that he goes by now, Chance the Rapper. And early on in, in the Grammys, like I said, he won the award for Best New Artist, but then a little while later, he had a chance to perform. Now, I didn't see the, the Grammys this year, and, and I'm not really a huge fan of rap music. Um, I love all kinds of music, don't get me wrong, and I, I think there's a place for all kinds of music, but, you know, I'm an older guy, right? I, I'm a product of the 70s and the early 80s, so I'm a classic rock person. And so rap music kind of isn't my thing, but, and usually when the rap artist performs at the Grammys, there's a couple things that come to my mind, and it's gold jewelry, barely clothed women, and a lot of bumping and grinding, right? So, so usually if I'm watching the Grammys, I, I kind of turn that stuff off anyways, but a friend of mine was watching the Grammys this year and, and he called me up and he said, man, you got you to gotta go on to YouTube and you, you got to see Chance the Rapper's performance from the Grammys. I'm like, really? Especially from the source that was telling me to go watch a YouTube video of a rapper. I'm like, okay, now I'm really intrigued. What's going on? What happened here? So I went and I watched the video. And let me tell you what, I was blown away with what I saw. We're going to watch a short clip here. Go ahead and roll that video. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our 
And all will see how great, how great is our God. The first is that God is better than the world's best thing. Magnify, magnify, lift it on high. Spit a Spotify to qualify a spot on your side. I cannot modify, ratify. Mama made me apple pies, lullabies, and alibis. The book don't end with Malachi. Exalt, exalt, glorify. Descend upon the earth with swords and fortify the borders where your shortest lie. I used to hide from God. Dug down in the slums like. That was the last thing I was expecting when I tuned into YouTube that day. I mean, what was going on is Chance was bringing church right there to the Staples Center that night for the Grammys. And every person in that room, he called to stand up and bring glory to God. And they did. Amazing. What an amazing performance. And then after the Grammys, Chance the Rapper, if you, if you could just even look around, he's like everywhere. He's been on GQ, he's in Rolling Stone, he's been on SNL. And everybody that he comes in contact with, he's talking about Jesus and how about Jesus has changed his life and how Jesus blesses him each and every day. And now, now don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling everybody here to go out and start downloading all of Chance's stuff because He's not calling himself a Christian artist. And in the rap scene, you know, he uses quite a bit of urban language and is very raw. But there's one thing and one reason why we're talking about his comeback today is because you can't deny that Jesus has given him a comeback story. And that day that his grandma prayed that prayer changed his life. Chance the Rapper is now going out promoting Jesus in his life. And it's all because of that encounter that he had. And each one of us is on a journey in life. Whether you've called Jesus your Lord and Savior for 30 years or for one year or for one month, each of us is on a journey. And Chance is on that journey as well. And it's all because of the Jesus encounter he had at his grandma's house. Well, it's not all because of that, because really the comeback that he's able to experience and that we're able to experience in our lives is because of the comeback that Jesus Christ had. Now, three days after Jesus died and was put into that tomb, you know Or do you know that Jesus had a comeback story of his own? After those three days, Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. He predicted that he was going to rise again. And do you know what happened? 
He did. And that's what we're celebrating today. Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead three days later. Because Jesus rose from the dead, just like he said he would, the woman who had that issue for 12 years not only received a healing, physical healing in her body, but she also became a daughter of God that day. Now that's a comeback worth praising, is it not? And because Jesus rose from the dead, just like he said he would, the criminal that was hanging there on the cross next to him, he had a comeback in paradise because Jesus rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, Chance the Rapper is out there telling everybody that Jesus changes everything because now Chance the Rapper has a comeback. And it's all because of Jesus and because Jesus rose from the dead. So as we wind down this time today, our celebration service, I have a question for each one of us. What about you? What about you? What's the comeback that you're needing today in your life? Remember what Pastor Giglio said, it's not too late and you're never too far. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, today for the comeback stories that we looked at. I thank you for Chance the Rapper and his life and and the comeback, Lord, that you're leading him through right now. God, he's on a journey like each one of us is on a journey. And so I thank you for his comeback story. God, I thank you for the biblical accounts that we read today. The comeback that that woman with the issue of blood experienced. The fact that not only did you heal her that day, but because you rose from the dead, she's able to be called a daughter, a child of God. And Lord, we think about that criminal hanging there on the cross, really getting what he deserved because of the crimes that he committed. But that day, paradise came to a garbage dump. And he was able to experience a comeback because you rose from the dead. Now, Jesus, I'm not sure where everybody's at in their lives today. Uh, But I'm sure with a crowd of this size, Lord, that there's somebody here that needs a comeback. So as we're taking these few moments to kind of reflect and think about our lives, maybe, maybe that's you today. Maybe you need a comeback in your life. And so I just want to offer up an invitation. We're going to say a prayer here in a few minutes. And, and if that's you, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I just, just want to remember you in prayer. So if that's you, if you could just raise your hand just real quick, just raise it up and put it down again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. There's several of us here that, that need to experience that comeback in our lives.
And so I'd like to do this uh, as we pray. Just repeat after me, everybody that's here today. Jesus, I've made a lot of mistakes. I admit that I have messed up. Forgive me, Jesus. I believe you died and rose again for me. I accept your sacrifice as a gift. I invite you into my life. Be my Savior. Change me from the inside out. Help me to live a life that honors you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now that's the greatest comeback that you can ever experience in your life.